Oh, the whole family on the cover. I am speaking this evening about why fruit is beneficial to you and whether or not it can cause cancer, which surprisingly some people seem to think it can, and whether or not it can cause um, diabetes and weight gain. I get this every now and again. I have somebody saying to me, "Well, I can't touch fruit. I'm going to get I'm going to get fat. Well, I can't touch fruit. It causes cancer." My first question when people come up with this nonsense is. Who told you this? Even a diabetic will say to me, I can't eat fruit. I'm a diabetic. I say, but you're eating an ice cream. And very often it is the case. They're actually eating something that is clearly not good for them or they're consuming alcohol. That's my the weirdest. They'll be holding a glass of wine telling me they can't eat fruit, but fermented fruit is okay. <laughs> and it makes no sense because we know that alcohol upsets your blood sugar very quickly and very suddenly and can result in something called reactive hyperglycemia, which is can be diagnosed as being bipolar because one minute you're a nice person, the next minute you're killing everybody around you. So I'm always surprised when people say this. And then when I said to somebody, so how does it cause cancer? What are you talking about? You know, I, I've never heard of it causing cancer. I've never seen any research that it causes cancer. And it doesn't make any sense because... Fruit, firstly, is very, very high in antioxidants. And antioxidants are what destroy free radicals. And free radicals is what cause damage to the cells. And damaged cells, when they multiply, become cancer. So how do you get this idea that fruit causes cancer? No, no, no. Sugar's poison. Uh, what kind of sugar are you talking about? All sugar. White sugar in a bowl, sugar in fruit, sugar's poison. And all sugar causes cancer. So where did you get this information from? No, my friends told me that her doctor told her. So, well, tell your friend to phone me. Those friends have never phoned me. I've, res I've searched high, on high and low online to find actual research. I can't find any communities anywhere in the world that eat a lot of fruit that have high levels of cancer. In fact, when we look at cancer, it's people that typically don't eat fruit. They don't eat fruit. And they might eat some vegetables that are overcooked, but not a lot. The people that don't eat fruit and vegetables are the ones that are most likely to get cancer. And in fact, when we've had, I've dealt with people with liver cancer, and I've put them onto, I found that with liver cancer, they actually only want fruit. If they're listening to their bodies, all they want is fruit. And the fruit they want is like pineapples, which is considered, considered a high glycemic index. Don't have it, it's got too much sugar in it. All they want oranges, and somebody said, don't eat oranges because they're not a natural fruit. And people come up with the weirdest things, okay? So. The people I've dealt with with liver cancer do incredibly well on a very high, sometimes 100% fruit diet. And every single person that's gone on that program with liver cancer and stuck to it has completely recovered from the cancer. And liver cancer is considered incurable. There is no cure for liver cancer. Um, and that's why doctors won't even, they won't even suggest chemo, but very often patients demand the chemo and they'll go down that road. But the, a sick liver can't deal with chemotherapy because the liver has to deal with every possible substance coming in your mouth. It basically goes into the stomach and then it's extracted, it, it's absorbed into the bloodstream and goes via the vagus nerve straight through the liver. The liver has to detoxify anything that comes in there that's toxic or poisonous. And the people that eat the most fruit are the ones with the least cancer. The people that eat the most fruit when they have cancer are the ones that are most likely to recover. There's nothing in fruit that could possibly cause cancer. <coughs> Sorry. 
your blood sugar cannot even be upset with fresh sugar because the fiber in fresh fruit is so <coughs> different. It's water-soluble fiber, which has, has a very stabilizing effect on your blood sugar. There's so much fiber. I mean, a banana contains more fiber than any other food that we know of. You can't even see the fiber because most of it is water-soluble. And that forms like a gel and slows down the absorption of glucose into the bloodstream. Plus, you've got in fruit, all the B vitamins are intact So, because you can't use sugar without B vitamins. And that's why refined sugar is so bad because you need to have B vitamins. So your body ends up robbing itself of B vitamins. And that's one of the major things that can cause a chemical imbalance of the brain and contribute to things like bipolar disorder, depression, mood swings, reactive hyperglycemia, <clears throat> low or even high blood sugar it could could have it would it would contribute to that because refined sugar also upsets the endocrine system which is the system that controls blood sugar so to say that fruit can cause all these problems with no evidence is bizarre and what's more bizarre is that people just believe anybody they pick up a magazine and read something or they'll meet somebody at the gym but with somebody with solid science says well this is what the research shows Studies, for example, here in South Africa in the 1970s, um, Professor Bernard Mayer did research on a woman called Essie Honeyball who wrote a book called I Live on Fruit. She had this terrible tuberculosis. They told her she was dying and there was no cure. And she met a man and he said, just eat fruit and you'll get well. Fruits, avocados, nuts and seeds, that's all she ate. No vegetables. That's all she ate for 14 years. And Dr. Bernard Mayer met this woman and performed tests on her, and he couldn't fault her physiologically. There was no excess fat on her body. In fact, he said physiologically she was a lot younger than her age. And I met her when she was in her 80s. And other than her gray hair, she really didn't look a day over 30 from her body. was firm muscles, no fat, nothing wobbled, <clears throat> a beautiful face, very good skin, just had gray hair. And I think she was close to 90 when she died. Um, but she was incredibly healthy. She was in her 80s. She was still doing talks. I went to, I met her in Montague where she lived. I went and looked for her there and found her. <clears throat> and many years later, she did talks in her minus at the, I did a talk and Essie Honeyball did a talk. It was such a privilege because I had met her many, many years before that. But he couldn't fault her. And then he went and took a whole group of prisoners, because in those days you could do something like this. Today they'd call it unethical. And they put the group of prisoners entirely on this fruit, nut, and avocado diet. And he said all the people that were overweight lost weight. All the people that were underweight gained weight. All of them said they felt they had more energy. They slept better at night. Their, their bowels functioned more efficiently. So their bodies worked incredibly well. And you do find you can go onto the Internet and – type in fruitarian diet and you can find hundreds of people on YouTube who are telling you, I mean, there's fully raw Christina who stands there in her bikini and she's eaten 15 bananas for breakfast, you know. <laughs> so, so you can say that's anecdotal, but at the end of the day, there is absolutely no evidence whatsoever. So I was surprised when I got this email from a guy called Mike and Mike wrote to me and he said, lovely chatting to you last night. And he said to me, <clears throat> I'm a cyclist and I do triathlons and all the guys cycling with me because he had cancer, went onto a fruit and raw fruit and vegetable diet, totally recovered from the cancer within 30 days, couldn't find anything in his lungs and his liver and the tumor had shrunk to half the size and he just said to the doctor, take the tumor out then I'll know there's nothing there kind of thing. And he said, everybody I'm cycling and running and triathling with are telling me I can't eat fruit, it's going to cause cancer. So I said, go and ask them where they get this information from. 
Anyway, he comes back and he says, here's some of the material, sugarimpactdiet.com. I look it up, and it's a woman with fake white teeth, fake blonde hair, and probably other fake parts of her anatomy. And she's clearly wanting to make a name for herself and be famous, and just talking and talking and talking. And it's a lot of nonsense, basically. I said, firstly, it's a spurious website. I mean, it, there's no science. It's just all about this blonde poppy with, you know, saying stuff and and trying to create, but it's promoting a high-fat, high-protein diet. And I said, firstly, we want to look at the communities that are living the longest and the healthiest. And we look at them, they're the Blue Zones. You can go and check them out, Blue Zones. Um, look up TED Talks, TED Talks, and look for Dan Butner. And you go look at Dan Butner's talk on TED, on TED, and you see his talk that he does – on um, the longest living communities in the world and what they do, what they eat, how they live, and none of those communities follow a high-protein, high-fat diet. In fact, they all follow high fruit, high vegetables, high grains. It's all whole foods with very little, if no protein, animal protein whatsoever. Uh, the biggest protein eaters are from Okinawa in Japan, and they'll eat one sardine, a sort of – Four inch, what would you say, 10 centimeter size sardine that is shared between 12 people, but with lots of things like rice and vegetables. In those communities, if they do use animal products, it's a condiment. It's just like a seasoning or a flavoring to a dish. It's not the focus of the actual dish. All right. So um, that was the basis of her diet. And she was basically saying that doesn't matter where the sugar comes from, sugar is sugar is sugar. And that is a very old-fashioned dietetic approach. doesn't matter whether the sugar came out of the sugar bowl, whether it came from fresh fruit, sugar is sugar, end of story, it's all bad for you. Or the dietetic approach was didn't matter whether the sugar came from a banana out of the sugar bowl, you can have at least four teaspoons a day. So, uh, you know, we have to differentiate between the kinds of sugar. You can't say one sugar or another sugar, okay? Firstly, cane sugar is made up of 50% fructose and 50% glucose. That's cane sugar that you get in a sugar bowl. But it, because it's been processed out of the sugar cane, it's now just pure carbohydrates. There's no fiber in it. There's no nutrients in it. It's just pure energy value. And that's the stuff that will upset your blood sugar. That's the stuff that will affect your immune system. And that's the stuff that could possibly promote cancer. You get high fructose corn syrup, you get two types. You get high fructose corn syrup, which they refer to as HCFS, which is, an you know, it's just the front letters for high fructose corn syrup. You get 55, which is 55% fructose and 45% glucose, very, very close to normal sucrose, which is the cane sugar. And then you get fructose 42, which is 42% fructose, and the other 48% is glucose. So they want to call a disaccharide, which means there's two molecules of glucose connected to each other. And so they tend to cause that, but it's not a complex carbohydrate because it's in such a form that can get into your bloodstream so quickly because there's no fiber and no nutrients in it. It's actually a very simple sugar and it's a dangerous sugar because that's what can shoot your blood sugar up, overreact, overproduce insulin, drop it to down, cause damage to the endocrine system and the immune system in the long term. So... It's very different when you have fructose and fruit that's coming into your body with all the fiber and the nutrients. However, here's the interesting thing is 
that fructose in its most simple form, just 100% fructose, is used in the UK as a diabetic sweetener. And in all the tests I've seen, looking at graphs of what fructose does, not from companies that sell it, but actually looking at the difference between sucrose, honey, um, refined cane sugar, looking at the effect of that and looking at the effect of fresh fruit, fructose, pure fructose, is somewhere between where honey and fresh fruit sugar is. So if you took sugar out of fresh fruit, it has a very stable effect on the blood sugar. Fructose, refined fructose, is slightly goes slightly higher and lower than that. And then honey is kind of somewhere, sometimes in between, depending on the person, and sometimes slightly higher than fructose. So most people tolerate pure fructose very well. But when people write about sugar being bad for you, they'll say fructose is bad for you because they don't understand that they're different types of high fructose corn syrup. And high fructose corn syrup and pure fructose are two very separate things. High fructose corn syrup, remember, is fructose and glucose. It's a disaccharide, two molecules. Pure fructose is just one molecule of glucose. And it's pure. It's just like that. So I, I will use high, I would use fructose to bake with, for example, because it's very similar in flavor to, to cane sugar. So if you're baking a cake, it doesn't alter the taste or the texture, but it's quite a lot sweeter, so you've got to use less. But it will not upset blood sugar. It won't cause a child to become hyperactive, for example. If a child suffers from hyperactive or attention deficit disorder, it won't upset their blood sugar and as such won't upset their behavior. Um, that's if you're having pure fructose. But if you give them high fructose corn syrup or sucrose, which are both the disaccharides, got both fructose and and glucose in them, that will get absorbed too quickly and make their blood sugar spike and cause behavioral and concentration problems. So even if it's in its refined form, pure fructose doesn't upset blood sugar. And it's I call it a transitional food because you use it in small quantities. It's great to get people off sugar in their coffee and tea because Refined sugar in coffee, you've got caffeine and refined sugar getting into your body. It just hammers your adrenal glands that can upset your entire endocrine or hormonal system. So I say replace it with fructose because then at least you're not getting the caffeine and the, the cane sugar together. So the fructose is not upsetting your blood sugar and affecting your liver to that extent. And then start to reduce your caffeine by making it decaffeinated, the naturally decaffeinated products, okay? So that's kind of what I'm recommending that people do as a transition. Long-term health, there's no place for caffeine or even fructose on a long-term healthy diet. But in the process of coming off it, or if, as I say, if you were to bake a cake or make some muffins, and honey sometimes can have a strange reaction when you're baking and just make everything gooey and sticky and it doesn't form. So, but when we come to fruit, it's... It's, as I said earlier on, it's got the water-soluble fiber. It's got all the nutrients. It's got calcium and iron and potassium and, mag and magnesium. And it's high in, as I said, the, the natural fiber. It's got high in the B vitamins. It's got every, almost every known nutrient to some degree in there. Some of them are very high and some of them are very little, but they're all there and they're intact, okay? So here's what we know as well. Dr. William Lee, who's a cancer specialist who produces drugs to stop the blood vessels feeding tumors. They're these rogue blood vessels that form when there's cancer in the body and they feed the tumors. He's producing these drugs that cost $350,000 a year to actually use. So he just, the side effects of these drugs are horrific. So I thought there's got to be a better way. 
And he started looking at what na- what was there that was natural. And they first started looking at strawberries and tomatoes. And they saw that some tomatoes were more anti-angiogenic, which means they stopped this process of angiogenesis. They stopped the blood vessels feeding the tumor. And some were less. But if you combine some of the lesser ones all together in a meal, then they had a higher impact than the one that was high. So he said it's very difficult to say it's one food or another. But then they started looking at everything, legumes, all the fresh fruit, the berries, the apples, the bananas, they're looking at all of this, vegetables, all these natural foods are very high anti-angiogenic foods. In other words, they actually stop these rogue blood vessels from feeding tumors. So he says the best thing you can do if you've got tumors in your body is eat as much fruit and vegetables as you can because it's actually going to starve the tumors. And that's why I've seen people with tumors like this guy, Mike, literally within 30 days of being on raw food, Cancer cleared up on the on the outside of the liver, it metastasized there. There were the spots in the lungs were gone, and the tumor in the abdomen had reduced considerably. And that's because of this anti-angiogenic effect on the body. So we know that fruit has a very anti-cancer effect based on his research. I've met Dr. William Lee at the Physicians Committee. No, not the Physicians Committee. It was a plant, which was a medical conference in Anaheim, and it was for doctors, mainly doctors, and there were some dietitians there. There were over 600 doctors and dietitians there, probably 500 doctors and 100 dietitians, and people like myself who are natural health consultants or involved in natural health in some way. And they were all very, very outspoken about the effect of fruit and vegetables on the effect on the body. It's anti, not only anti-cancer, it's, and it helps to reverse heart disease, it helps to reverse diabetes, they actually encourage you to eat fruit if you're diabetic. So, I mean, if this was causing cancer, you wouldn't have these 600 doctors. That was in one conference. The other conference I went to in was Washington, D.C., Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, headed by Dr. Neil Barnard, and they actually lobbied the American government and got them to change their whole stance on diet by suing them because all the research is out there, and the American government is now saying that at least 25% of your daily intake of food should be fresh fruit. So they wouldn't be saying this if it was going to cause cancer because they know they'd be sued again. So we know that fresh fruit has a very positive effect on the body, okay? But this interesting thing that came out here is I was searching high and low to find out how they found out this cancer thing and how they found it out. It was actually, they spoke about it, um, This they give people... Um, uh, something to drink that is radioactive and it's got sugar in it and it's what it does is it gets the cancer cells first but that's what they tell you and that's why they say cancer feed, um, sugar feeds cancer because it gets the cancer cells first but in fact it's known as fluid oxyglucose 18F now I'm just going to refer to it as 18F because it's a hell of a long name to actually use here you can also refer to it as FFDG, um, but really what they say it is it's an erratically changed form because they've got to ferment it first. And then they put a radioactive molecule. Now, it's refined sugar to start off. Well, there's not sugar out of a, an apple. They take refined sugar, they ferment it, and then they add this radioactive molecule in it, and then they put it in the body to see. It, it literally lights up the tumors as it gets there so they can see it in the scans. But it also gets to other parts of the body very quickly. It, it uh, gets to the brain very quickly and it gets to the kidneys very quickly. And it gets to, because the brain and the kidney cells are what they call high glucose uptake cells. So they are, it's just the human body can't function without glucose. 
And so every cell needs it. Cancer cells will just be more hungry for whatever's going because they, they rapidly multiply. But at the same time, they can literally get, it says here, FFDG, or, or um, what they refer to as 18F. It's a glucose analog. It's taken up by high glucose using cells such as the brain, the kidney, and cancer cells. And then it says where phosphorylation prevents the glucose from being released again from the cell once it has been absorbed, okay? It's very technical, and I don't want to get into too much. Um, as I've said here, it's a totally controlled and manipulated situation, but it clearly indicates that all cells need glucose based on this and the manipulation with radioactive materials. It's used as a diagnostic tool for other things as well as tumors. It's a completely unnatural environment. They didn't give them an apple and they said, oh, let's chase the glucose from the apple or the banana and find out where it lights up. Completely altered. To then go and take this and say that fruit causes cancer is actually, it's fraudulent. It's called scientific fraud. You cannot do stuff like that. And the people that are telling people this is the people on the high-protein, high-fat diets. It's always, whenever I get to the bottom of it, it's one of the people that's on one of these paleo-type diets or something like that. It's never somebody who's an actual scientist. They just heard about this from a doctor friend who said, oh, we do the sugar test to find, it lights up all the tumors. But the doctor doesn't even understand this process of what's going through. And you don't ask doctors for nutritional advice unless they've studied nutrition, which they haven't. So unless the doctor's gone on their own, okay? It's a diagnostic tool. It's not a lesson in nutrition. So it's, it, it's bizarre that they've actually gone and done, gone and done this, okay? Um, the site that this information comes from is a very hyped diet site. It's talking about weight loss, and you've got to buy all their products, a whole lot of supplements. There's no science on it. In fact, it's very cultish. So that's where the information came from. But I think the most important thing is that we've got to understand is that the human body – needs glucose. And I just quickly want to read you read you something here about um, Sorry, the brain. Say, um, sugar has any effect on cancer? Well, the only way, there's no evidence that refined sugar has an effect on cancer with tests like this, because they're not using normal refined sugar. They're using refined sugar that's been fermented and had a radioactive molecule added to it, okay? And, and it doesn't show that it causes cancer. It just lights up the cancer cells for the test. But it lights up the kidney cells too, and it lights up the brain, so it gets the brain and the kidneys really quickly. It doesn't light them up, but it makes them – it gets there at the same speed, basically. So how cancer could, in a roundabout way, promote um, – how sugar could – refined sugar could promote cancer is that refined sugar has an acid res – leaves an acid residue in the bloodstream, okay? It's acid forming in the body. And if your diet is too acid-forming, if your diet's more than 25% acid-forming, in other words, if 25% of your diet's um, – if more than 25% of your diet is grains and processed foods and animal products, chances are you probably are going to get cancer. And one out of two men and one out of three women in westernized cultures today will get cancer of some description. We eat a very acid-forming diet. We eat a lot of grains. We'll have toast and eggs for breakfast and coffee, and we'll have – um, donut at tea time and a pizza for lunch and then a biscuit or a chocolate for mid-afternoon and for supper. We might have some peas with our supper, which is maybe pasta. And there's some peas in the sauce, but it's a bolognese sauce. 
So you're looking at a diet that's almost 100% acid forming, which means your body's robbing itself of alkaline minerals. And when you do that, pH of your blood can marginally drop below its ideal range, 7.35 to 7.45. And when it drops below that, cancer cells can multiply really fast. So sugar won't cause cancer, but it can contribute to the acid load of the body, which is what could encourage the formation of cancer cells. Refined sugar will do it, but fruit sugar can't because all fruit is alkaline in the bloodstream. So that's the beauty of it. And alkaline-forming foods are very anti-cancer. And that's one of the reasons why they're anti-angiogenic is because they're alkaline in the body. But the other reason is that the antioxidants in them are so very powerful that they can literally switch off and destroy things like rogue blood cells that are in there. And fructose is refined? Fructose in its refined form, marginally acid-forming. But it's it's not going to cause it. It, if you've got an acid-forming diet and you're adding some fructose on it, it's just going to add to the load. But if you've got a 75 to 80% alkaline-forming diet, then even a bit of fructose in your cookie that you made or you sprinkled or you made some fructose icing, for example, some people prefer using fructose because they're vegan. And although my diet is basically vegan, I do eat some raw honey. And I prefer raw honey to fructose. It's just my personal choice. Here's the thing. An alkaline-forming diet is mainly fruit and vegetables, and that's why on the 100 Days to Health and in all our books like Perfect Health, we say always eat raw food before you eat cooked food. Because when you do that, almost half of that meal is going to be raw food or more. Try and make raw food the main part of your meal and eat a little bit of cooked food. Then you're automatically having a 75 to 80% alkaline-forming diet. So that's why I have steps like eat raw before cooked, try and eat one fruit meal a day so you don't crave sweet things all day long. And if you're eating one fruit meal a day, maybe with some nuts and seeds and raw before cooked, and then your snacks in between are raw fruit or vegetables, you've got a 75% alkaline forming diet and a diet that's more likely to prevent cancer than anything else. It's not only alkaline forming, it's high in antioxidants. And when your diet is 75% to 80% alkaline forming, it's not going to dip below. Cancer cells can't multiply. And because you're eating a lot of raw fruit and vegetables, you're taking in a lot of antioxidants and antioxidants destroy free radicals and basically destroy free radicals or damage the cells. And remember, damaged cells multiplying is what cancer is. So the free radicals stop the, the cancer being formed. The free radicals, I mean, no, not the free radicals. The free radicals will cause cancer and damage, but the antioxidants, which are the phytonutrients, things like all your vitamins and your minerals and your lutein and your zeaxanthine and superoxide dismutase and all these amazing names, for all these nutrients that we know in fruit and vegetables, they are very powerfully antioxidant, which means they stop oxidization. Oxidization is when you get damage happening. Oxidization is what happens when you have a metal pipe that starts to rust. That's what oxidization is. So what these antioxidants do is they stop that. You could actually take lemon juice and put it on a metal pipe and it'll get the, the rust off it because it's an antioxidant. That's what antioxidants do. They stop the damage. They stop the rot happening in the body. So, in fact, fruit is completely on the other extreme. It's very powerfully anti-cancer. It's a highly anti-cancer food. And I've seen it in people's lives. Science has proved it. And there is no evidence that I am aware of, and I have searched high and low, followed every rabbit trail that I've come across. There's no evidence whatsoever that fruit causes cancer in any way, in fact, to the contrary, it actually prevents cancer or can help people recover from cancer pretty quickly. Mm. Got any questions you want to ask me?
I'm going to be talking specifically about two fruits. I'm going to stop this recording and then talk about figs and pineapples because people always ask me about those two specifically and just the nutritional content of them. So if you're wanting to, you can just listen to the other podcasts. You can always go back and listen to these podcasts afterwards because I know it's a lot of information I'm giving you and you kind of... You got any questions relating to fruit specifically? You're happy there. Is there anything where you would say people are eating too much fruit? Is there any situation where I say people would be eating too much fruit? Yeah. <laughs> what I'm asking is if somebody was eating fruit, is a fruitarian, for example. Somebody's a fruitarian. I have never come across somebody who's eating too much fruit. Essie Honeyball, as I said, was living on fruit, nuts, and avocados, and avocados and nuts are basically fruit. Yes. I have lived like that myself for an entire year. The very first year we started eating like this, our whole family just became totally fruitarian. We lived on raw food, and we mainly ate fruit. We had a little bit of salad in the evening, mainly fruitarian. I've gone on detox programs. I've put de- people on detox programs myself. You want to detoxify the body? I find that people detoxify much quicker on fruit than they do on vegetables. Uh, vegetables can have some mildly toxic properties in them, like garlic and onion can have allicin, which is a strong antibiotic. And I'm, it upsets my digestive tract. But, for example, you know, I could eat a guava or an apple or a pineapple or a mango, and it does nothing to my digestive tract. You find that babies are very comfortable being weaned from breast milk onto fresh fruit because it's naturally sweet and mother's milk is naturally sweet. Babies are not comfortable going onto vegetables because firstly they have to be cooked to make them soft, whereas fruit is soft in its raw state. Um, they don't like the taste of it because they're going from mother's milk because it is naturally very sweet. It's like watery condensed milk. And so it's very natural to go to papaya or banana, ripe bananas, just make sure the fruit is ripe. They can do that very comfortably. The protein content's the same. It's between 1% and 3%. Uh, there's much more vitamin C than the, in fresh fruit than there is in mother's milk. But there's, the profile is very good to come from breast milk onto fresh fruit to be weaned onto solids. So from about nine months, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give solids to a baby before eight or nine months. They're not really ready for it. Eight, nine months when they start showing interest, you start introducing fresh fruit. Up to two years, they can comfortably live on fruit. If they show interest in vegetables and they're enjoying it, you give the vegetables to them. But if they're not, don't. A child growing up on fresh fruit like that doesn't become a sugar addict. They go the complete opposite. They never crave sweet things, ever. You'll just find that they'll eat fruit when they need to, and as an adult, they eat a lot less fruit than they were growing up. But never, I've never come across no, anybody who if you eat too much dried fruit, you're eating a very concentrated food. If you take one fig, for example, I take a packet of figs over here. How much is a small packet weighs 250 grams? It's probably the equivalent of 15 figs. Would I eat 15 ripe figs? Probably not because the skin can be a little bit corrosive on the tongue. Uh, but if I eat that many figs, my stomach tells me that it's had a really good cleanse. And that's usually what dried fruit does is it actually just – can make your stomach work extremely well because you're just putting a lot of fiber. It's, the fiber in dried figs, for example, is probably about 90%. Whereas in a fresh fig, it's 90% water. 9% fiber and 1% is the nutrients. 1% sounds very little, but most foods, the nutrients are tiny amounts. We only need tiny amounts. 
But um, gosh, I have eaten in a day a whole kilogram of figs. Just snacked on them and I suddenly looked at them and I thought, I, one day I ate two to three kilograms of dates when I first started eating like this. I don't do that anymore because it's too sweet for me. But figs somehow I can tolerate a lot more. So let me talk on figs. I'm going to stop here and end this. Just go, go ahead knowing you can eat fruit. It doesn't cause cancer. It won't cause weight gain. Quite the opposite. The more fruit you eat, the more you find you're satisfied and the less you eat. And what was the other one? It will not cause diabetes because it's stable on the blood sugar. The fiber is what makes it stable on the blood sugar and all the nutrients.